0: Today, we continue our study of the chief parts of Luther's small catechism in preparation for observing and celebrating the 500th anniversary of the Reformation on October 29th. The past two Sundays, we reviewed the Ten Commandments that gives us the law or instructions on how we are to live our lives, and the Apostles' Creed, in which we profess our faith in God's grace that frees us to live fully in Jesus Christ. Today we focus on the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus himself taught us to pray. The Lord's Prayer can be found in the sixth chapter of Matthew and in the 11th chapter of Luke. When Jesus' disciples asked, Lord, teach us to pray in Luke eleven one, Jesus didn't say, just pray from your heart, whatever you feel. Jesus gave the disciples specific requests, specific words, which we know Today, as the Lord's Prayer, or the Our Father. Early Christians received the Lord's Prayer not just as an example of how one could pray, but also as a model of how one should pray. Today, the vast majority of Christians continue to recite the Lord's Prayer. Ask Christians from a variety of denominations how they pray, and you'll soon discover that they share a common use of the Lord's Prayer. Martin Luther encouraged Christians to pray in the morning, the evening, and before and after meals. Just as we hear in our reading from Thessalonians, we are to pray without ceasing. Since prayer is so central to daily life, an understanding of the Lord's prayer as the foundation for prayer applies to a Christian's entire life. If the Ten Commandments teach the law and the creed teaches the gospel, then the Lord's Prayer teaches daily Christian life in that law and gospel. So let us follow Luther's lead and meditate upon the Lord's Prayer as it is taught in the Catechism.
1: We continue our six weeks progression through the small catechism in our preparations for Reformation Sunday. Um, So we've had the Ten Commandments two weeks ago. We had the Apostles' Creed remembered last week, and this week we're going to remember the Lord's Prayer. There's here's the introduction to what we will hear in a minute. Martin Luther taught that the Ten Commandments taught us what God expected us to do and not to do. This is the law of the Lord. The Apostles' Creed showed us clearly who God is and what He is like. This is the Gospel. In the Lord's Prayer, he added, He added, is the prescription for the Christian life. Since we cannot keep the commandments perfectly, we need the creed to remind us of God's love and the Lord's prayer to help us to call on Him constantly. How often do we hear people say, I do not know how to pray? That's like saying, I do not know how to talk. Luther could not imagine a Christian who did not pray. If we believe, then we communicate with the One who has given us everything we have and loves us with an everlasting love. Luther didn't tiptoe around it when he came to the subject of prayer. He taught that it is our duty to pray, to pray to God for our deepest felt needs. Certainly God hears our prayers and answers us, or He would not have required us to keep His, holy, his name holy. Luther claimed, It is not a matter of our choice. In the Lord's Prayer, we are taught by Jesus Himself what to pray for and how to pray. For Luther, this gift of the way means to pray had a promise attached to it. Since Jesus gave it to Himself, it means He hears us and promises to answer. In fact, Luther assured, God loves to hear it. Prayer, He said, is prescribed for believers so that we have time to reflect on our needs, which compels us to pray without ceasing. As St. Paul taught the Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. In this way, prayer is for us, and in fact, the Spirit gives us the words we need when we need them. Let us hear God's Word as it relates to the Lord's Prayer. The announcement to the Gospel is this. Jesus' disciples asked Him to teach them to pray just as John the Baptist has spent time teaching his followers to pray. This version of the Lord's Prayer is shorter than the prayer found in the 6th chapter of Matthew, which is tucked, tucked into a discourse on prayer and piety. Luke cuts to prayer short. He ends with, "...lead us not into temptation." Jesus offers a parable on the generosity and fatherly kindness of God, telling a story of a man who wouldn't get up when his neighbor knocked on his door late at night. But God, on the other hand, answers when we knock. And He shows us that which we seek. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when He finished, one of His disciples said to Him, Lord, Teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, "...which of you who has a friend will go to him at night and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, Yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you... If his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? This is the Gospel of the Lord. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Christ. Christ. We'll hear Martin's words.
2: How many of you know the Lord's Prayer by heart? That's certainly gratifying to know, but would you believe that many of the lazy bellies in my day had refused to memorize the Lord's Prayer because they considered it too long? Our parish visitation teams discovered this when they went to each of our evangelical congregations in Germany to assess the conditions of our churches. The dreadful situation they found prompted me to write the small catechism to serve as an instructional tool for parents and pastors. I placed the Ten Commandments first in the catechism because they show us our sin. The creed came next because it shows us our Savior. Since good works follow faith, the Lord's Prayer should follow the creed. The Ten Commandments kill the old Adam and lead to the creed. The creed teaches us saving faith and leads us to prayer. So the order is important. First the law, then faith, then good works, then prayer. The creed leads us to pray to our Father, His Son, and the Holy Spirit. But the faith we confess in the creed is in constant jeopardy. So the Lord's Prayer is the prayer of those who are tempted by the forces of evil, the devil and the world. It is a prayer for those who live with the influence of the old Adam, our sinful self. It is the prayer of those who live under the cross. Each petition of the Lord's Prayer is a cry to God for help in the face of this opposition. God's name is hallowed when those who distort and profane his word Are restrained. God's kingdom comes when His Spirit overcomes us and we live according to His Word. God's will is done when He hinders and defeats every evil plan and purpose of our spiritual enemies. He gives daily bread even to the ungrateful who take it for granted. Forgiveness is freely given even to those who do not deserve it. Help in temptation is provided for those under constant pressure from powerful forces such as false belief and despair. Deliverance from evil comes not until our last hour when God takes us from this world of sorrow to himself in heaven. Many of the lazy bellies of our day prayed only that their stomachs be filled. But the student of the Lord's Prayer will observe that only one petition asks for temporal blessing, the fourth, give us this day our daily bread. All the rest of the petitions in this perfect prayer are for spiritual and eternal blessings. And here is where we need the most assistance from God, in spiritual conflict, for here is where our soul is most in peril. The prayer of our Lord teaches us that in Christ we have hope, that all the opposition to God will be constrained and finally be overcome. And God does all this for us even without our asking for it. Woven throughout my explanations to the petitions of the Lord's Prayer is this assertion. God's name is hallowed in itself without our prayer. God's kingdom comes even without our prayer. God gives daily bread to all people even without our prayer. And so the Christian's prayer is that he may receive from God what God so freely gives as our loving Father. And this brings us to the introductory words of the Lord's Prayer, which is properly called the Our Father. In German, the word order is better. Vater unser. Also in Latin, pater noster. The word father comes first. Father is the word of faith and assurance, which encourages us to pray without fear or doubt. Our is the word of love, for we truly are his children through Christ, and we pray with and for each other. Who art in heaven are the words of hope that teach us to look up to God who is always ready to answer our prayers. We express this hope by closing the Lord's prayer and all our prayers with one word, Amen, which means, yes, it shall be so. Or, to put it another way, this is most certainly true.